Blog Talk Radio. Time to talk some sports. Been gone for about four weeks. whole lot has happened in that time frame. Now relocated the man cave here at its current location in Edgecliff Village, Texas. Going to get into some sports. Want to thank you for listening in. Of course, you can always call in while we're on the air at 347-945-7975. You can reach our episodes on Facebook at Motormouth Mosley radio show. You can also catch everything uh, archived at the Blog Talk Radio site. You can join us in chat at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mosley. And at your convenience, at your leisure, you can also go back and check us out on iTunes. You can download the podcast. So I am everywhere. But definitely want to say welcome back to the show. I want to thank you for listening in, whether you're listening live or you're listening on an archived episode. I want to thank you for taking the time to support what I'm trying to do. We are on the air. We're going to talk a little football tonight. Got some NFL action we're going to go over. We're going to give a review over what's happened over the last four weeks since I have not been on the air. And, of course, we will also talk about all of those bowl games that everybody had to watch. There was a bowl game on every night in college football. But, fortunately, it culminated in a great national championship final against uh, Florida State versus Auburn, great game by Jameis Winston. Uh, next year we won't have the BCS, thank goodness. We'll be having a 14 playoff, which I still don't think solves the problem, but at least they're getting a step closer to getting it right. As I said, going to definitely, you know me, so you know I'm going to talk about my Cowboys. They messed up at the end of the season, had an opportunity to make it into the playoffs, had a home game against the Philadelphia Eagles, and choke largely, going to use the excuse that maybe uh, they could have won it if Tony Romo would have played, but all of us lifelong diehard Cowboy fans know that ain't the truth. As much as we might want to dream about it, our Cowboys didn't make the playoffs and didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. We lost to the Philadelphia Eagles 24-22. to And unfortunately, the one thing that I really wanted to have happen did happen because Jason Garrett still has a job. But hopefully, there's still time. Maybe Jerry will come to his senses. Uh, a couple of Cowboys did get a couple of postseason accolades. Dez Bryant was voted into his first Pro Bowl. Uh, Tyron Smith made the Pro Bowl also, but also was a second-team uh, All-Pro, which is even a higher uh, award than making the Pro Bowl. So now the problem with the Cowboys is what are they going to do in the offseason? We've got some uh, financial situations with some players, whether or not we're going to sign them and bring them back. Uh, what are we going to do about Jason Hatcher? Um, my opinion, we definitely need to sign him. I think he had a great year. Of course, players always have a great year when their contracts are up. Uh, you know, we got stuck with Doug Free's big contract when he had one good year, and he hasn't played like that ever since. 
although I will give him a little credit, he actually did have a decent year. And the other big question is whether or not we need to make a move in the draft and get a young quarterback in in house, uh, just in case Romo's back doesn't uh, fully recover. And Romo's 34 years old, so we're actually uh, he's winding down in his career. And we need to uh, you know look at the future and see what's going to happen. What are we going to do about Anthony Spencer? Bring him back? I don't think so. Not even a chance. So. Word on the street with the Cowboys is Jerry's not going to make a change in the office and doesn't look like he's going to even make a change with either one of the coordinators. They blocked Marinelli from even interviewing at the Tampa Bay job, and nobody in their right mind wants to interview Monty Kiffin. Don't know why he still has a job, but he does. Uh, so we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. Uh, ideally, would love to see at least some changes on the defensive side of the ball. Um, in a few weeks, we'll be getting ready for the draft. We'll see what's going to happen there, what kind of players we're going to go after. I know we need a safety. We need to bulk up our defensive front seven. Um, so we'll see what's going to happen. Uh, again, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show, live from Edgecliff Village, Texas, some location that no one knows where it is, so I won't even tell you. What we had tonight, we had two uh, great football games tonight. We had two great football games yesterday in the NFL. Uh, so we're now looking at the two teams that will be playing for the AFC and the NFC championship with the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. Tonight's game, we had San Francisco knocking off Carolina Panthers, much to the chagrin of one of my good friends, Reggie Dye, big-time Panther fan. San Francisco won that one 23-10. And Seattle yesterday knocked off New Orleans 23-15. to There's a whole lot of folks in the Houdat Nation that are not happy this weekend, but oh well. Uh, so we got an NFC championship, and if you go back and look at the old archive, listen to the old archives of the show, uh, I called that one. My number one and number two teams in the NFC were both Seattle and San Francisco, so it's not a big shock that those two teams are playing uh, with, for the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. In the AFC, we've got Denver knocking off San Diego 24-17, and New England just demolished Indy 43-21. New England was my kind of mystery team. I knew they would be somewhere around at the end of the season. Didn't know if they would actually hold on. Kansas City ended up being a playoff disappointment. Got knocked off in the first round. So we're looking at Denver versus New England. Um, that game's going to be held at Mile High Stadium in Denver. And hopefully Denver can avenge a Week 12 loss. They lost to uh, the Patriots 34-31 in Foxborough. It'll be a big different turnaround this time. Peyton Manning is playing some of the best quarterback that uh, the league has ever seen. And I just don't see how uh, an overrated New England Patriots team that does still have some holes, even though they did beat up on Indy pretty bad, they still have some holes to fill. So I don't see how they can actually keep up with the offensive power that will be uh, Peyton Manning, Demarius, Thomas, uh, Welker, Decker, those guys, I just don't see it happening. Um, again, let's talk about a little college football. We're going to have a couple of guys call in, in a few minutes ago. I see my good friend, the Forbidden Fruit Man, has logged on. Welcome to the show, Ken. Uh, and got some college football action. We want to talk about all these 782,000 college bowl games that we had to witness. Um, a couple of them kind of stuck out for me, in all honesty. Uh, I don't like the fact that we have 35 bowl games, so that means 70 teams actually make it to 
a bowl game out of like 128. I don't like that, but um, it is what it is. And a couple of the games that kind of stuck out, Oregon just absolutely dominated Texas uh, in Mac Brown's final game at the University of Texas. That score was 30-7. to seven. Uh, It wasn't even that close if you actually watched the game. And in the Chick-fil-A Bowl in Atlanta, Duke played Texas A&M, and the score was 48-52. Uh, Texas A&M won that game, but it was just a great offensive, just bombard of just great offensive football. Johnny Manziel did his thing as always. He's going to take his game to the next level. One of the guys that we'll talk about a little bit uh, later that will be going on. And uh, also you had Oklahoma playing against Alabama, which to me was a big upset, but Oklahoma's playing, you know, they, they had that bump off. Stutes got them in position uh, to play the opportune game at the opportune time. So they pretty much embarrassed Alabama. I think 45 points is probably the most that has been scored in Alabama in a very, very long time. You had Clemson against Ohio State. Clemson, who's about a number five, six, seven, eight ranked team in, in my poll, uh, knocked off Ohio State, which some people had as number two, some people had as number one. I always throughout the season said that they were overrated. Uh, the score was 40 to 35. Not a surprise to me at all. Not a surprise to me. But in the game, that was a surprise. Central Florida knocked off Baylor 52-42. to I thought Baylor's offense would play better, especially since they had an opportunity for some guys to come back and be healthy. That didn't happen. Central Florida just bum-rushed them. They played power football and dominated what was already a suspect defense in the defense that was Baylor. And in a national championship game that, as I said, was a great game, it, it re- really lived up to the billing. Florida State 34, Auburn 31 for the BCS championship. Famous Jameis Winston had a second half that was unbelievable. Auburn played a great game, but it was just one of those games that somebody had to win, somebody had to lose. And uh, I, I think that folks uh, – are just happy that the two best teams actually did get to play, and it was actually a good game. Also on the college front, you had uh, some coaching changes. Uh, The University of Texas has hired uh, Charlie Strong as their new head coach from Louisville, who had been a coordinator under Urban Meyer at Florida, and for some uh, questionable reasons wasn't given the opportunity to take over uh, the helm at Florida, but went up to Louisville and made Louisville a prominent national football team. And and as a reward for that, he's making, I think, about $5 million a year now, uh, coaching at the University of Texas. Coach Dino Babers, who took the Eastern Illinois Panthers to the Division II or FBS uh, semifinals, uh, was rewarded by a new head coaching job at Bowling Green State University. Uh, Coach James Franklin, formerly of Vanderbilt, is now at Penn State University and what he calls his dream job. And uh, one that I didn't know about until today was that Coach Bobby Petrino, uh, formerly of Arkansas, formerly of Western Kentucky, has now uh, replaced Coach Charlie Strong at Louisville. Uh, So there's still a couple of opportunities out there for guys to uh, make switches and um, see what happens with some of the programs that – have made these changes and some of these coaches. Of course, I have a personal uh, interest in Coach Dino Babers being at Bowling Green, considering he was a former 
college teammate of mine, so I definitely want to see him do well at Bowling Green. Uh, right now, I am going to bring on uh, one of my, our favorite call-in guys, uh, Ken the Cookie Man. Uh, he's a devout, devoted uh, Atlanta Falcons fan, so, uh, <laughs> and I hope that he's not coming on to talk basketball just yet because I know he is the world's greatest Los Angeles Laker hater of all time, and the Lakers are struggling. Uh, but uh, it's a little bit early for me to start talking a lot of NBA, but I do want to welcome Ken the Cookie Man to the show. How you doing, brother? Hello there, Brother Mosley. Uh, I'm just a big fan of the Motor Mouth Mosley show, so I'm just like, you know, listening to the show, trying to catch it. I know you were operating from your Texas studios now, right? Yes, I've relocated to one of my two Texas studios. We'll see where I ultimately uh, end up at. But we're we're doing a mobile thing right now. Uh, so we'll see where that's going to end up. Hmm. Great, great. So, yeah, I'm listening to the show, and I'm listening to you, you talk about the different colleges and stuff. I'm, I imagine, have you already talked about uh, NFL yet, or is that, that's, that's ahead? The Falcons? No, I mean just NFL in general, like like what happened today. And what's I, I going talked on. a little bit of NFL. I talked a little bit, uh, you know, of course the Cowboys because we all know where my heart is. But I talked a little playoff action, and we can we can actually review that a little bit if you want to talk some playoff football. That's that's fine. Oh no no, I mean just just go 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 ahead with your show the way you 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 want to progress your show. Well, I'm just what, curious. well, the next thing I was going to do before I saw that you had called in uh, was I was going to uh, give a quick. Uh, overview of my 2013 final NCAA football rankings. I was going to do that real quick, uh, and then from there, uh, uh, you know, just touch on uh, just kind of how the bowl games kind of played out. Uh, mm. Since I've been off for about four weeks, expecting a couple more people to call in, and if they do, we'll discuss some things then. But uh, uh, my top, my final top ten rankings are. At number 10, I've got Michigan State at 13-1. and one. And I know that a lot of people have already been getting some grief on that ranking. I posted it on our Facebook page a little bit earlier. I got a lot of grief from people that are big 10 people and also some people that just are football fans. They thought that I ranked them extremely too low. But I look at Michigan State and I say their signature win was against uh, an overrated Ohio State team. Uh, they played in a weak pack. A Big Ten conference, and uh, they barely squeaked by a average, above average uh, Stanford team, top ten. So I give them a top ten ranking, but I just think there's some other teams out there a little bit better. Uh, who moved up the most was my Central Florida. Uh, the Knights are now 12 and one, finished the season by knocking off Baylor resoundingly uh, in uh, a bowl game. At number eight, I've got Oregon at 11 and two. At seven, I've got the Clemson Tigers at 11 and two. At number six, I still say one of the best teams in college football. Although they did lose uh, their last two games, I've got uh, the Crimson Tide of Alabama. At number five, the team who knocked off Alabama in the bowl game, I got Oklahoma at 11 and two, who are now playing some of the best, playing some of the best football uh, at the end of the season than anybody in the country. At number four, I've got the Missouri Tigers. Whoever would have thought that Missouri would be a football power? Coach James Franklin did a fantastic job, and now he's taking his 
his show to Penn State and hopefully rebuilding that program. Uh, at number three, I've got the Gamecocks of South Carolina at 11 and two, and of course my number one and number two teams in the country. At number two, I've got Auburn, and at Florida State at 14-0, led by Heisman uh, winner Jameis Winston. I've got the Florida State Seminoles. So that's Michigan State, Florida, uh, Central Florida, Oregon, Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, Missouri. South Carolina, Auburn, and Florida State. As I was discussing earlier, we, you know you had you know 742,000 bowl games this year, which I really saw <laughs> uh, that there was just way too many bowl games. And I kind of looked at it, and I know that when Oklahoma played Alabama, there was some discussion between Coach Stoops and Coach Saban uh, about the best conference in the country. And uh, SEC had been, you know, uh, bragging about that they were the best conference in the country, and you know they were using the fact that I believe the last seven national champions came from the SEC, so they were using that as kind of their their, their leaning post to you know back up their argument. And Coach Stoops, his argument was, well, all that proves that you had the best team in the country. It doesn't mean you had the best conference in the country. So when they played Alabama in the bowl game. You know, it was a little bit more than just Oklahoma, Alabama. It was SEC versus um, uh, big, the Big 12. Of course, Oklahoma won the game resoundingly, knocked off Alabama. Uh, but I look at the breakdown of how conferences did in bowl games, and, of course, I got all the mid-majors and the independents, and I stuck them in one bag. And they went like 12 and 15 overall, which, eh, whatever. Uh, but if you look at it, the SEC went 6 and 3. The ACC went 6 and 6. The Big 10 went 2 and 5. The Big 12 went 3 and 3. And the Pac-12 went 6 and 3. So you kind of look at it and you go, well, you know what? The SEC, considering who they played in bowl games and the caliber uh, of play in that league, really does have an argument at saying they're the best conference in college football. Hmm. Um, you look at the ACC, and yes, they had 12 teams uh, to make it to a bowl game, but like I said, you know, if you're 6-5, and five, you make it to a bowl game. <laughs> To me, that's that's a, that's rewarding <laughs> awarding mediocrity. Cause Anybody can get a ball game. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, out of a hundred and I believe I believe it's one hundred and thirty-two, one hundred and twenty-eight Division One football programs, over half of them get to go to bowl games. Wow! I understand like... that it's money. I understand that it's money for the school. I understand that it looks good on coaches' resumes to say that they made it to you know seven consecutive. Uh, bowl games, but in all honesty, most of these bowl games are just fluff and money makers. It really doesn't. You know, you got maybe <laughs> five legitimate bowl games. You know, you got the sugar, the orange, uh, the fiesta, the cotton, uh, and then, you know, that's about it. <laughs> Everybody has a bowl game. It's, it's like Oprah, you get a bowl game, and you get a bowl game, and you get a bowl exactly. game. It's like going to Oprah. Everybody gets to a bowl game. Absolutely. <laughs> so you've got, you legitimately have. 70 teams, because there's 35 bowl games this year, you've got 70 teams that go to bowl games. It just doesn't make, I guess, it, I guess unlike the rapper says, it, it makes dollars, but it don't make sense. 
<laughs> Again, folks, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. Uh, I am your host, Motormouth Mosley. We've got Ken the Cookie Man online. Uh, he's hollering at us, checking in from uh, beautiful, uh, I guess we could say, Atlanta, Georgia. And we're just talking yeah. a little sports. How was the attitude in Atlanta once the uh, dead birds had fallen <laughs> off the wagon? Well, I mean, that was quite a while ago. They fell off yeah, the wagon. Well, but a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of dead bird fans were in denial. <laughs> <laughs> they, fell off, they fell off like, like in, in preseason. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the intelligent ones because there were a lot of uh, that I went to uh, a church with that at the beginning of the season, you know, they were they were wearing their Atlanta Falcons jerseys and talking smack at church, and you know, by the time I left in December, uh, they didn't even want to talk basketball at all, I mean, football at all. Uh, they, you know, they were uh, oh, the Hawks are doing good. I'm like the Hawks never do good. I know you're desperate if you're banking it on the Hawks. <laughs> They, they they do okay. Well, folks, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosby Radio Show. We're going to talk a little baseball real quickly. Hey, Rod. Uh, <laughs> some news came down off the wire that uh, A-Rod, uh, Alex Rodriguez, uh, third baseman for the New York Yankees, has been suspended for next season due to his involvement with PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs steroids, uh, HGH, that type of thing. Uh, my problem, and this is kind of my little commentary, uh, my problem with them punishing him along with some of the other players, uh, and Bud Selig and Major League Baseball used Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa to bring fans back into baseball by hitting a bunch of home runs that everybody knew was steroid-based, but the league used that as a selling point to get fans back into baseball. Knew absolutely, in my opinion, absolutely good and well what was going on with these players because you had players like um, uh, Barry Bonds, who (laughs) his career high in home runs had been like 27, and then all of a sudden he's hitting 50 home runs. You had players like him doing this, and so baseball knew good and well what was going on. They used mm-hmm. these performances to uh, smooth over the fans and bring them back in, and now exactly. they want to turn a blind eye and suspend players. And, uh, and the biggest joke of it all is that, you know, you've had your Major League Baseball uh, Hall of Fame elections over the last week, uh, the announcements, and, you know, of course, Bonds and Clemens will never get in because, you know, these writers say, well, you know, you can't have drugs and they cheated the game. Well, the game knew they were cheating, and the game cheated right along with them. So how can you punish the players and act like you're exempt from any punishment? Um, that's kind of my little pedestal, my little bandwagon, my little rant about Major League Baseball. I've lost Makes sense. as much respect as I possibly could uh, for the higher-ups of the game. Um, if you knew they were doing it, you have accepted what they were doing. So it is what it is. Let Bonds in the Hall of Fame. He was a Hall of Fame player prior uh, to his ster- alleged steroid use. Um, he never was proven to use it, although it looks like he did. Um, 
So, <laughs> but see, get off your high horse. I know it's your last year being the commissioner of Major League Baseball, but uh, get some of these writers who have Hall of Fame votes. Narrow it down. You've got too many uh, over 50 guys voting that know nothing about uh, baseball anymore. Uh, they use their little power uh, outside of the game to, uh, to, you know, take a stand. And it, it really is just it's arrogance on their part. Get these guys in the Hall of Fame. Get Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Judge them on what they did between the lines. Nobody's judging you on your personal life. So get out of their kitchen. That's my rant. Back to Ken the Cookie Man. So Ken the Cookie Man is also the host of a controversial, I would say, um, <laughs> talk show. Uh, it's called The Forbidden Fruit. Uh, and it has uh, a, I don't want to say it's agnostic or atheist, but it has a, uh, a take on religion that uh, some people kind of turn uh, uh, frown upon a little bit. But uh, uh, I will give you a forum to have the opportunity to uh, discuss your show and let folks know uh, when it is on and uh, if they are of the yoke that they uh, feel that is something that interests them. Uh, they can tune in. Go ahead, Ken. Talk about uh, the forbidden fruit. Yes, the Forbidden Fruit Radio Show. It's on Blog Talk Radio. Just like Hello, you were one. Can you hear me? Oh, can you hear me? Looks like Ken signed off, or have I signed off? Oh, I'm here. Maybe it's Ken. Looks like he's signed off. No, I'm here, uh, folks. You've been listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. Uh, Ken has Hello. checked out. I don't see him online anymore. Hello. And uh, just want to thank him for calling in. Uh, Reggie, dive when you get a chance. If you're listening to this episode at a later time frame. I did want to have you uh, call in because I did want to talk to you about what's going on with your uh, Carolina Panthers and how the game went. And I do want an uh, overview of the NFL playoffs. Folks, we're back on the air uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays at uh, 10 o'clock Central, 11 o'clock Eastern. That would be 8 o'clock on the uh, left coast and at about 6 o'clock Hawaii time. I want to thank you folks for listening in. We're back on the air. I want to thank uh, Mr. Samuel Jamie for uh, the caricature of the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show, which is our emblem. I also want to thank my two lovely nieces, uh, Jazzy J and Mo, for doing our in and out music for the show. Thank you so very much. Uh, and just in case uh, you don't catch it, the closing of the show is done, was done by my, at the time, four-year-old niece, uh, and she freestyled a little bit, and I just kind of took a little excerpt from that, and that's just how she does it. That's how she flows. But I uh, look forward to having further discussions on what's going on in the world of sports and some other things over the next few weeks. Uh, again, see us on the air Thursday night, uh, Tuesday night at uh, 10 o'clock. Thank you for calling in, and aloha.